Hello and welcome to the first episode of No More Long Talk. I'm Andrew Mattis, your podcast host. And in today's episode, I'll be talking with Carly Murray, the Internal Communications Director at The Surgery. In this episode, we had such a great catch up as we spoke about the role and challenges we face in internal comms, in particular since COVID has hit. We also spoke about how we can continue to support managers and leaders at work, and you get to find out which celebrity she would have in her internal comms team. Carly has spent many years delivering internal communications in the corporate world, and her experience of working in fast-moving and complex businesses has helped her to understand the challenges her clients face as she works with them to tackle their IC problems. She's passionate about making the complex simple, creating compelling content and campaigns at last, and making the connection for her employees between what they do day to day and what their business is striving for. You can already hear why she's a change maker, but take a listen to find out more and remember to rate and review this podcast. So, uh, thanks a lot, Carly. Thank you for joining me today on this um, lovely Saturday afternoon. Yes, you're very welcome. Uh, um, So, I'm really interested to hear more about your career. How did you get into internal communications and why is it important to you? Um, So I, like a lot of people, I fell into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think probably like 18 years ago now. Yeah. So I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I came from, I guess, my background and from a family perspective is everybody kind of always owned, had their own kind of small businesses. Mm. Universities never talked about. Yeah. So all I knew I wanted to do was leave school as soon as I could, go to college and then just get into business and work my way up. Mm. Um, and, you know, for me, a way of doing that was starting as a PA. So um, that's what I did. Um, and I just found that through, you know, being a PA, I mean, you're super organized and you have to be, um, and you, you pick up a lot of natural internal communication stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you're always thinking about how to rally the troops and engage people in whatever it is that, you know, the person that you're supporting is working on. You're, you know, always trying to, you know, um, make things simple and straightforward for people. And I just mm. found I had a natural flair for mm. kind of doing that. So then I started picking up other, you know, broader internal con stuff. Yeah. Um, and then moved into, actually moved into channel cons first. Okay. Uh, within the business I was working, which essentially is just, it's, for me, it's internal cons, but just different audiences, you know, that your, yeah. part, your partners. Um, and then, yeah, then my internal comms career just kind of, you know, progressed from there. And I moved around, you know, quite a few different big corporate um, companies. And, I, you know, I never wanted to stay just in one industry. So I did mm. telecoms, mm. Uh, I did utilities, I did aviation. Mm. Um, so I did all that, that before I then moved agency side. So I've been kind of creative comms agency side for the last seven years now. And mm. I never saw that coming. I never thought. Um, I would do internal communications on the agency side, um, yeah. but I absolutely love it on the agency side. Mm. I think because what you do when you're working in house, it's so full on. Yes, um, you don't get <laughs> don't get that thinking time that you really need. Whereas agency t- side, you have to have that thinking time. That's the mm. whole point of it. Mm. You're doing the thinking that you're 
uh, clients haven't got time for. Um, yes. and so that's what I love is really having the time to think about and understand what is the challenge and the problem here mm. and actually how can we respond to that? And so that's why I love kind of working agency side so much now. Um, but the agency that I work for, the surgery, mm. they, um, they were the very first agency I used at the beginning of my internal comms career. Oh, brilliant. So a good and journey. I, I took, yes. Then what happened? And I just clicked with it and they were, they did just design and digital at the time. Yeah. Uh, I just clicked with them. You know, they did great work. And so I took them wherever I went on my mm. whole internal comms kind of career. Um, and then they, what they started getting more and more internal comms briefs, which they mm. could respond to uh, from a design and digital perspective, but they couldn't respond to it from a kind of strategic kind of problem solving okay. perspective you would if you had that internal comms kind of mindset so yes. uh, they asked myself and uh, another lady so Sarah Mura, um, who's now she's the head of internal comms at Nestle so they asked us to start the internal comms side of their business brilliant so seven years ago and then that's how you know and it's kind of grown since there so yeah I never saw myself moving from you know corporate side to agency side but you know now I kind of I can't imagine going back yeah. but what I can do is I can really appreciate the challenges that my clients have because I've been there and I've done it it's it's great isn't it when you if you get an opportunity to work both uh on in-house and then work agency I, yeah. I definitely I definitely agree with you on that like I feel like it's um a blessing in a way like yeah. I I did agency internal comms uh for for contract a couple of years ago and it just gives you a different insight yeah. like and 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 you also I mean I always have a thing about whoever I work with you mean it's about the respect like regardless yeah. But yeah. it really, really does show you about the amount of effort and work that goes in behind the scenes yeah. that agencies do for their clients all the time. And yeah. that's something I think that can sometimes get, get lost and get missed yeah. by people yeah. that they kind of, they don't think it's really there. They think it's just very, very quick turnaround and, yeah. and just kind of fly by the pants and you just throw it out and, that, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> no, we we think about it a lot more than that. <laughs> exactly, and there's long hours involved. You know, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot that's going on there. <laughs> so, um, internal comms. One of the things I, I don't know about you, but one of the things I was finding yeah. interesting, in particularly over the last like few years, the the term of internal communication and yeah. um, employee engagement always seems yeah. to be um, interchangeable. Like yeah. for like for our listeners, can you tell us? what is the difference between the two yeah so for me um internal communication is uh what you do mm. and engagement is the you know, hopefully the end result mm. but you but you can't solve everything with internal communications you can do a lot through internal communication to improve employee engagement yes. there's a whole heap of other stuff that drives employee engagement you know such as you know what your managers like um such as you know that you know the lead the strength of the leadership of the business mm. uh, pay and re pay and reward the facilities the tools to do your job all of that drives employee engagement mm. what internal comms can do is it can help communicate those things better and connect some of those things better yeah um, but it's not you know it internal communication can't be held responsible for you know generally for employee engagement and for everything do yeah. you do you think in particular right now in coronavirus times um and how the the world has changed so quickly over 2020 yeah. that there has been probably more pressure on internal comms to almost solve 
all the problems because let's face it we we, are, we tend to be the people who are organized action orientated yeah. we make things happen very quickly we connect the dots we can yeah. see where things actually um can be improved and need to be yeah. better um yeah. you mean and we, that's reasons why that people like me and you'd love coming into into this role but yeah. do you think there is a risk that um that businesses rely almost too heavily on internal comms regardless of its agency or in-house and kind of expect us to know every answer <laughs> yeah definitely um but then i think what we're also really good at is then finding the right people in the business you know mm. to answer those um questions and we're really well networked so you know we'll know the people to go to who perhaps will have the answers or do you know Very what true. if we haven't got the answers we'll know how to drive a conversation in the business about that thing yeah to get to amplify the you know employee voice and mm. to get you know to get the answers Mm. Um, but you know yeah we you know we can't I, what i think has happened with the um you know through the crisis is i ic has definitely been elevated definitely you know people definitely. get it much more now um and what i think it will mean is um you know the, the majority of internal um, comms teams that i know are have been and are under-resourced mm. uh, but I think now that the um, you know the value of it has been really demonstrated through this crisis I think that internal communications teams will start getting more kind of dedicated resource that they need yes um, so then at this so then you know we can deal with all of those you know pressures you know, mm. everybody in the business has got something that they're passionate about something that they want to communicate and they think is always the most important thing so true and you're always trying to um you know reduce the noise in a business mm. because there's so much going on and prioritize um all of that mm. um, and we can and we do and we can do that really well but we do need you know the right level of resource yeah on to it all so true it's amazing how it's just completely like turned on its head in the space of six months mm. due to a global pandemic yeah, <laughs> who would have thought that it's taken that in order to and i think i think there are definitely some companies who maybe had employee engagement or like teams or internal communications teams depending on how they termed it that they term yeah. it in their own organizations at the forefront but i agree with you i definitely think now it's been a massive push forward. Like, yeah. if, and if anybody wants to kind of know, well, what's why we why we needed, just look at the last six months. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, definitely, yeah, and not just the pandemic. I mean, if you think about, you know, Black Lives Matter, yes, and George, yeah. you know, George Floyd's murder, and I think that yeah. that's brought up. Who who have people been looking at, at in the business to drive a conversation around that? It's so true. In, in, internal communications. You know, you might be lucky enough that you work in a business where they've um, got a DNI manager, mm. but you might not. You might mm. be lucky that you work in a business where you've already got a BAME network set up. Great. Yep. I'd, that's where I'd start. I'd go to them first. Yeah. But you, you, but you might just be a, a, a small internal communications team or an internal comms team on your own. Mm. There is no DNI manager. So, so, it's, like, so it's kind of the, everyone's looking at you, right? We, we want to drive a conversation about race in the business. Mm. How do we do that? Mm. Um, and it's a you know it's a tough one because it's a scare it's a scary subject for, for people. For people, yeah. And really worried about doing it wrong. This that's is a the thing. Pressure on an internal communicator. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think you know my advice would be, um, you know, re 
go outside of your organization there was a fantastic internal communi- communications community and network on linkedin mm. if you're in that situation right now and you're feeling that pressure to drive a conversation around race in your business mm. you know you know there are other people who are doing it already and other people in the same situation as you so you know don't just kind of you know sit on it within your own business yeah you find other find other internal communicators who can chat to you about what they're doing and yeah it's the time where we have to share um share the knowledge share our experiences and our skills as much yeah. as possible because we yeah, don't always definitely. know the answers and yeah you know what that's okay that's okay yeah. to tell them and say and just be like you know what we've done we've never done this before not a clue yeah, but you know what i'm gonna yeah. just use my previous experience in doing something similar to yeah. try and make this work and we will yeah, learn definitely. from it get the feedback it's yeah. so true that's such that's such good advice as well from in particular at these times yeah. and the same thing um andrew that we both know in terms of like you know mm. everyone's working on their back to the office plans that's completely unknown. yeah and you, you know you're doing that for the first time mm. and that's you know that's why i reached out to you on linkedin to say yeah. look we what you're doing with other people because I know mm. that I was chatting to my clients and they were all worried about yes they had a plan but they weren't sure was it the mm. right thing and then but by connecting them with each other just to talk to each other and provide each other with a bit of reassurance that yeah. oh, do you know what you're doing the right thing and you know being able to steal ideas from each other mm. I think I feel like the internal comms community is more connected now than it ever has been definitely yeah I agree with you on that it's so it's so much more clearer in particular on LinkedIn. Like I use a lot on LinkedIn and I know that we bounce quite a lot on LinkedIn. It's just, and it's just yeah, so much more prominent now. There is so many people like asking those questions. Like one of the things I'm trying to do more of um, is is putting up uh, kind of captions from, from what people are saying. So things that people are kind of telling me, obviously do it anonymously, but what's kind mm. of going on for them yeah, because yeah. the chances are it's not just going on for you, it's going on for somebody else as well. Yeah, definitely. It's like, how can we help each other to kind of get over those hurdles? Um, so, so kind of just going back as well in terms of... Um, in terms of how you got into it. So I always kind of feel, in particular, as I've gone through my career with internal comms, um, like I really love the psychology part and connecting the dots. But I also tend to find that with with the role, there is, um, there tends to be like a deeper purpose. Like, and it's, and it's the, it's the kind of, I don't know what it is, but it's like this kind of feeling. You're looking at things like a big vision and you're like, okay, you can do that, connect that there, but you need to bring yeah, that person yeah. in there. Have you thought about that? How are you going to make this work? Oh. Like it's getting, it's almost like a coaching role. You're getting people to think about what they, what they, what the big important questions are. Yeah. And I always kind of feel um, that it kind of connects at a bit of a deeper level. So whether it be like an injustice or believing like you can do things that are better for people. Like I know for me, um trying to make sure that workplaces are the best it can be is really important because I know what it's like working in a workplace or going yeah. to places when it's not and that's and yeah. the reality is it's not a nice feeling you know I mean it's 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 rubbish so like that's kind of my deeper sense of why I on those days when it's difficult and I'm tired and I'm stressed that keeps me going yeah. kind of yeah. thing does that resonate with you in any way yeah definitely and I, I think it's a bit of a different slant for me in terms of I guess why I love it mm. um, and I guess that kind of you know sense of purpose and for me it's about um, making the complex simple 
Yes. There's just so much <laughs> complexity in a business. And uh, actually what we're striving for is our employees to see, mm. um, I guess, a really kind of, um, kind of well-structured kind of, you know, business story and strategy with clear mm. values and um, being really clear on what's happening in the business at any one time uh, you know that's the experience that they, we want them to get and you know we want to you know join the dots and you mm. know take the bigger picture um, but it takes a lot of effort to get <laughs> to that and at, and you know if you're working with a project team on something um, you know that first time you engage with them and they've I call it like a share of shit <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to swear, but you know, you when, are, you first, you are, you know when you first get that download of information on a project and it's just, and I ask for it, I say, look, just bombard me with as much information yes. as you've got at your fingertips. So, yeah. so I take that shower of shit, right? <laughs> and then oh, what I love is then being able to find in that, you know, something, you know, it could be like a really kind of, you know, dry, boring transformation mm. IT project. But what I love is finding the, the thing that that's emotive and that's compelling and that is is interesting and you know that we're going to be able to use to engage people in and taking all of that complexity and jargon and then you know making it into something that is simple and straightforward and that people get and people want to engage with i I thrive on that yes but only i know where it started not and people (laughs) don't see that kind of that process that you go through of course to present a great story message whatever at the end of it of course you're so that's that's so right like it's um it's people don't realize the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes and I suppose that's why um like sometimes when you see like people talk about oh it's just putting out a bit of a newsletter that's all right doesn't take that long and you're like that's what they see yeah yeah and that's the thing and and you're like actually even if it is a piece of content like a newsletter it's incredibly important that we are thinking about the language we're using how to engage with people what it looks like um how it gets has a call to action all those things because it it's how it aligns to business strategy exactly because otherwise there's no point sending it out you just send it out for the sake of it and actually nobody reads it and your and then your readership level just completely goes down um so yeah but i love that like this is why we're good at connecting because we've got a similar (laughs) brain in how we work it's (laughs) like it's good yeah (laughs) and and um what do you feel are that are the ways that you're changing the world of work yeah um well pretty similar answer really I think it's you know just trying to make sense of stuff um because it and reduce the noise for people Mm. so you know I'm trying to make so you're in such a unique position in an IC because you're seeing everything that the business is trying to do across all of its different departments Mm. Um, and therefore what you're trying to do is you're trying to align those different things so like you said join the dots Mm. because and simplify everything um, and just make it much easier for people to kind of understand yeah Um, and so therefore that's and again it's you know people don't necessarily see it yes um but that's how I feel like I'm actively changing the way the world of work Mm. because I am um you know 
trying to tell a better story about those 101 different things that are going on in the business, Mm. how they all come together to support the delivery of the business strategy and how the part that you have to play in that. Um, And it's a kind, you know, it's a fine art, you know, there's so many different things to achieve that, that you have to kind of work on with your stakeholders. Um, yeah so it's quite you know so it feels so I don't know it kind of feels like it's it it can feel like it's insignificant Mm. because people can't see the effort that goes into it into it but you know that when the end result is pretty significant yeah definitely I I love your term of it being a fine art I've never thought about but in that way before um yeah that sits really well that's a nice way to put it it's so true there's so many moving parts mm. in trying to just tell one overall kind of consistent, compelling business story. Mm. Mm. And like you kind of already kind of mentioned already in terms of some of your like key amazing skills in terms of like being organized and connecting the dots and mm. you know I mean be able to kind of take information, make it interesting, make it exciting and yeah. have call to action. Like, would you say there's anything else that you have that's one of your superpowers? Um, I think it's like giving people confidence. And you already mentioned the word Mm. coaching, Andrea, but we definitely have to coach people. Mm. Um, I'm always so amazed when people come to you with that thing that they're really passionate about, that they want to communicate out Mm. to the business and you absolutely can help them to do that. But they also have to take ownership of it themselves. So I, I you know, I'll always ask, but you know, I can create you a great plan, but what are you going to do? Yeah. How are you going to engage with the rest of the business on this thing that you're so passionate about? Mm. And some people want to just remain anonymous. Yes. And, behind, and they don't they don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, no, hang on a minute. Our internal comms can't do all of this for you. This is your thing. So you're true. passionate about it. You're the expert in it. So you get out there and talk to people about it because yep. that, that will engage them more and they'll respond better to that. Mm. Um, and so you have to kind of, you know, really cope, you know, because, you know, people, people, some people will be introverts. Mm. People, you know, we're used to communicating with a lot of different people all day long mm. and some other people in the business they of course they're communicating with people all day long but in a kind of a smaller sphere of people and not necessarily putting themselves on a platform that's open to kind of every employee across the business yeah so, so I guess you know I get why they would kind of be you know be a bit you know apprehensive about it but mm. I think we have to coach whoever we're working with mm. to kind of open themselves up to engaging you know because what you know more often than not they're asking for something back from the business they're asking yes. people to engage in their thing they're asking them to give you know submit ideas or complete mm. a survey or um ch- ch- change their behavior and do something differently so if you're asking a lot of the rest of the business mm. then you have to engage with them for them to engage with you so true i love that point as well about how um it's it's trying to get people to recognize what they also need to bring and give as well it cannot just be internal comms uh doing this and i and i think some businesses depending on what culture you have i suppose do it better than others um and i've seen it before when people find it really difficult and you really have to hold their hand and kind of coach them through the whole process but then once they've done it once then they're just like oh actually i'm absolutely fine 
and they're just yeah. they know the kind of they've got, they've got the template in mind so they can kind of see they've visualized it they've gone through it they can they, they will need the support but they're able to then run with it and i really like that part when you see it's like it's like people yeah. growing and flourishing yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely, and then yeah. they suddenly go from oh i don't think i can do this so can you do yeah. it and then you help them and then they do it yeah, and they're yeah. like oh actually i could do this again yeah yeah, yeah completely yeah. <laughs> or when they come back to you the next time you know they've got another campaign that want to get out there they're like right come on let's let's go let's do this i'm going to get on a video and i'm going to do and that's great when you see them kind of taking on board all of your kind of advice and kind of really going for it mm, definitely definitely um so just kind of moving moving onwards um in terms of intercoms campaigns what do you think are some of the important yeah. considerations uh, to create a great or really impactful, let's say, that's probably a better way of doing it, um, yeah. internal comms campaigns? And how can, like, what kind of tips would you, would you, do you have for other people that they can incorporate into, the, into their own? Yeah. Um, so I think really putting effort into the pre, pre-launch phase, you know, I think mm. about a campaign as pre-launch, launch and post-launch. Yeah. Um, and in that pre-launch phase, it's really, um, part of my plan is always that stakeholder, stakeholder engagement. Um, that's part of the plan for me. Um, because you know, who are the people that you need to engage with in the business first before yes. this goes live, mm. because you want that, because you want their support, because you want them to be an advocate, because you want them to actively be involved in the plan mm. because actually you think they might be a blocker yes. a barrier. So let's try and, let's try and overcome that now. Mm. Um, so I, th- so that pre-launch phase I think is really important, um, to make sure you've got the right people on board, mm. um, saying and doing the right things, um, at the right time. I just mm. think you're kind of, you set, you're setting that campaign up for, uh, for success. Yes. If you kind of really focus on that. Yeah. Um, so that's one area I think in terms of, um, thinking about your I guess what you want to achieve your outcomes and mm. therefore how how you would measure your cam- the success of your campaign so I mean I love using the no feel do model and lots of um, internal communicators do mm. so and really you know thinking about it as you know what are the things you want to hear your employees saying in you know three six twelve you know twelve months time mm. um, you know if you're launching a new strategy you know initially you you know you want them you know so you know the statement is you know I understand what the new business strategy is you know I understand the part that I have to play in it um, for instance you know I feel excited you know I feel like the your the strategy is the right one um, yes. actually what, what am I going to do actually do you know what? I'm going to make sure my objectives like align to this strategy so I think yeah. it's a really strong model for mapping out your um outcomes you know what you want your campaign to achieve mm. but also what i like to do if it's a long-term campaign is map that map those statements against almost like a bit of a change curve so initially yes. you're wanting people to, you know wanting people to kind of understand and drive that awareness but then you want them to take ownership so mm. what are, you know what ha- what happens in that ownership phase where you actually want them to start talking about it with mm. their teams and um start sharing ideas 
um, and start really thinking about what it means to them. Mm. And then you're moving people into the action phase. Okay, yes. so in that action phase, actually, you want people thinking about the action that they can help, they can take to help deliver the business strategy if that's the, that's the campaign. Mm. And then there's the final stage, which is then belief. So then actually, when people start to see the strategy working, and you're telling great stories mm. about how 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 well it's performing and different things that people are doing across the business and ideas mm. that have been kind of taken and kind of adopted, you know, then people then start to believe. Oh, okay, this strategy is is a thing. And it's working and you know you know we've got great stories to tell about it so Mm. so I like to yeah so I like to take that no fill do model but then Mm. apply it to kind of like a change curve yeah Um, and then you know and you're monitoring you're doing different things at each stage of the campaign and then monitoring how well it you know it's going that you know there's no point if people haven't understood it in your you know the first section of the campaign there's no point in then moving into the ownership phase you need to spend more time there so yeah that's such a good way to do it. I also really like your point about the change curve because I think a lot of people forget about that. I think oh. a lot of people forget that um, anything that's coming in new always requires a quite lengthy period of time because it's a journey and it always requires um, people to be um, behaving in different ways <clears throat> or responding um, in different ways um, to a campaign. Like People just don't go from zero to 100 just like that like it, yeah, yeah, if, 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 if they did then woohoo our jobs would be even easier but um, <laughs> but equally be super boring because yeah you mean people just kind of go straight to the end game and that's it done but it's that change curve piece is also so 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 key um and just kind of relating to the campaign so like what has probably been like one of your proudest campaigns that you've worked on today yeah so um i guess one that sticks in um in my mind why i'm proud of it is because it it was launched um kind of with a client kind of over a year ago and it's Mm. still live now and so that for me um that i feel really proud of it because it's it's i mean it's testament to the that internal communications team because they've kept that campaign alive wow. you know, it, it was a story about transformation of the business mm. um, they've they've so they've had to work hard to you know keep keep it alive they've had a new ceo that in during that time and then you you know that's why i feel so proud of it is because mm-hmm. it's lasted even through a new ceo coming in and everything that changes in a business because ten, what tends to happen is you kick off this great campaign you know maybe there's somebody new who joins who's they you know they want a new story or mm-hmm. you know something happens in the business which means that that story for all of a sudden kind of gets forgotten about and they're on to the next new kind of shiny thing mm-hmm. but, you know a campaign that lasts um you know really makes a difference from an employee perspective because it doesn't it gives you that some consistency definitely where, where the business is going and mm. you, can, you know everything that then gets talked about all lines up underneath that kind of one story and then therefore mm. that makes it kind of much easier to understand mm. so i'm particularly proud of that because it's lasted which for me um is a benefit to employees because yeah. they've got this one consistent story that just evolves it's the same story but it just evolves over time um, and I think that's much better than having a story that kind of chops and changes all the time because then that just creates a bit of confusion and people feel uncertain yeah. about actually where are we going as a business completely um, yeah Complete. And also, especially for that to last when there's been a new CEO, because as yeah. we both, both know, 
that that's normally the first thing that changes just because obviously naturally new CEOs want to create a new yeah. strategy. They want to create yeah. a new direction. They want to yeah. be seen as kind of putting a stamp on something new. So for it to last through that is like, that's, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. really great. And also testament to that CEO who's, who can see, well, sure, you've got yeah. a great story here. Let's just continue to run with that. It will yeah, absolutely evolve, but I'm not telling everybody just to kind of, you know, abandon it. it. In, yeah, yeah. And start from scratch. Yeah. So yes, I'm definitely proud of that. And then other ones I'm proud of are ones that are on really boring topics. <laughs> because I love making something that at its core sounds boring, but actually, mm. you know, you can make it interesting. You know, so I've, we've got a great campaign with a client, which is about pensions. Yes. Right, we've made it really fun and engaging. And then another one, which is about cybersecurity. Yes. You know, so... And that, again, is, I think, a real core, core skill for an internal mm. communicator is we're great at making boring stuff sound interesting. <laughs> so those campaigns, I'm like, you know, always really proud of. Mm. Like, you know, not, there's not people, a lot of people can't do that. Yeah, it's so but, true. Again, it's a fine art. It's yeah, an absolute fine definitely. art and a skill there. Um, so I'm just going to slightly um, change course a little bit in terms of um, IC practitioners. Yeah. Um, we we kind of touched on this earlier a little bit today about how um, COVID nineteen has really pushed IC you mean to the forefront now, and and I don't see that change in any way, um, and I really hope it doesn't um, now. But let's fast forward a year. Yeah. What do what do you think it looks like like for for IC because I because because things yeah. were very different before we came into coronavirus and then we all came into it very different speeds work depending on where you are globally um, a lot of us have had to use our crisis comms experience from previous times yeah. and really kind of amplify that in order to yeah. kind of um, turn into internal communications and to be able to help our people to stay in the same journey um, but what do we what does it look like now once hopefully things have calmed down and hopefully yeah. coronavirus has, has uh, moved aside, let's say. Yeah. What does it look like a year from now for, for IC practitioners? Um, so you'll definitely have more resource. <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> I, can't, I can't guarantee that, but I'd love that. Um, because, you know, the value of IC is being elevated. I just, you know, I, I hope that, mm. you know, get the resource that we deserve. Um, but aside from that, I think what's come out of this is um, employees have realised what they now expect more yes. so from that um, employer. And mm. um, they're wanting different things. Mm. And those different things are just much more understanding and empathy, mm. uh, you know, awareness of, you know, your, you know, your home situation. And I guess that need for kind of, you know, work-life balance and um, flexibility. Mm. Uh, you know, lots of people either don't want to go back into the office or they just want, a, they want a good balance more than they had before. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where, again, internal communications will come into its own because mm. we'll be able to help the business to um, be more empathetic mm. and be caring and understanding in the communications that it puts out there. But also mm. coaching leaders, you know, because, again, it's a scary, I know, a scary time for leaders, I guess, because so much is, is being asked of them. Mm. But one thing is be more empathetic and it's to be more empathetic you always have to show your own vulnerability yeah um yeah. which is can be hard yeah uh, 
some people but again this is where I think internal communications can help to coach people mm. um, on actually what so why and actually amplify amplifying the employee voice again because actually mm. this is what your people are asking for you yeah and actually how do you do it in a way that feels comfortable to you um, and you know because they'll they'll have to you know leaders will have to lead the way in terms of showing other managers across the business that you can show your vulnerability and you can be more empathetic and understanding to your team and you know that mm-hmm. mm. and that is absolutely okay as well to do it yeah it's, it's a complete different space though isn't it like like I know like I've done quite a bit of reading around vulnerability with Brene Brown's um books and kind of seeing her live and and it's such a a new space for people to kind of enter but I think yeah. what you're saying is such an it, I so agree with you in that it's such an important space and yeah. I think that visibility um has been absolutely key as well throughout this and that's going to continue <clears throat> excuse me and I think how internal comms practitioners have really kind of helped leaders or managers to be able to 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 do that through difficult times when a lot of us have been obviously home working using calls or using teams such and so forth um and and that's got to continue because it makes such a difference um to people like without having it there it's it kind of it kind of makes you think well there's no connection there's no kind of empathy with people so yeah i so they're definitely um people are wanting more human leadership Mm. Um, but it's a, you know it's a tough gig we're asking so much of leaders and managers yeah so you know I think we need to you know be it support them to be able mm. to do all of these things that are, are you know and some new things that are mm. now expected of them um but also we need to be you know recruiting in the right way um and also setting expectations yeah. as that all these things are part of a manager's role Um, you know so yes you might be an amazing kind of you know accountant or lawyer or whatever your you know skill set is but if you're managing people you also Mm. need to be an amazing communicator and actually you know what's expected um in you know today's work life is Mm. you know empathy and understanding completely and that's a really nice segue into uh i'm doing something slightly different on on today on our podcast today um it's a lovely segue because i i did a survey uh anonymous survey for people and one of the questions i asked um was what would you be happy um to kind of be left behind post-covid times in the the workplace and there were some interesting answers let's just say (laughs) um so i'm just gonna read out like uh six statements to you and it'd be really good to just get your kind of initial thoughts advice um if there is a way of ic being able to support them there may not be or is it just a culture piece but this might help for anybody who um he's feeling the same out there when i listen to this so the first statement um um is senior managers who say one thing but then do the opposite yeah um I see can always help with everything. Um, <laughs> so, right, We're so, superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, I think, well, internal communications is really best place to kind of be holding leaders to, to account on this mm. one. You know, if they, there was a town hall or whatever and a leader made a statement about something was going to happen and three months down the line, it hadn't happened or just hadn't been mentioned since and you were hearing rumblings from employees, mm. then, you know, we're the ones who would then 
call the leader out on that and say, look, three months yeah. ago you said this, we haven't updated anybody, nothing's happening. And there may be a very valid reason. And it's just about, you know, being really transparent about, okay, why didn't that happen? Mm. You know, what's changed? Could it still happen? So we can definitely help with that. Definitely. I love this. Again, <laughs> us in our internal comms, just what we do. It's how we roll. Yeah. Um, second statement. So people who enter a management role, but yeah. don't add value to the team they manage. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. Um, mm. I think, you know, this is an HR led thing in terms of recruiting um, the right people. Um, yes. And um you know setting the expectation from the outset and it being part of the role profile that's mm. you know communicate you know being able to communicate with your team is a key you know part of this mm. but what, i mean what you know where i see can help is the kind of the upskilling of people as communicators so you mm. know often in in a business um you know from a learning and development perspective there will already be some kind of core kind of com skill you know packages that you can kind of get involved in Mm. Um, but you know but more often you know I've been involved um, in you know designing our own communications training um, you know which is IC led kind of communications kind of training um, that can you know really help people Mm. Um, so absolutely yeah so internal communications um, can definitely drive I guess the right kind of communication skills within the business Mm. partnering with HR and learning and development Um, but also I think what I'm really often surprised when somebody gets um, you know is new to the business or uh, yeah is is promoted Mm. Um, and that there's there's nothing around look this is how we communicate around here these are all of our channels that you know this is if you've got something to communicate out this is how you communicate it out but yeah. these are all the places you need to go to stay up to date with what's mm. going on in the business you know I, I i would always make sure that that's part of the kind of you know the induction and kind of you know that promotion process yeah make it stuff. make it consistent and clear from the outset and yeah. then that way everybody knows what's yeah. going on the expectations just there it makes it a lot easier and also it squashes any gaps for any possible excuses as well yeah just definitely. do that um so we've got not allowing your team to work more flexibly yeah i mean um i'm just not sure in the new world whether managers are just going to be able to get away with that i mean i think it's mm. you know when it's going to be an expectation of existing employees, but also potential employees of the future that they get to work flexibly. So mm. I think that that's just, that is just going to be eroded yeah. over time. I'm so with you on that. So I, I definitely think as well, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I, I, I think any company moving forward who is unable to offer some sense of kind of flexibility um, we'll just no longer keep very good talent or will not yeah. attract the, the right talent. Yeah. Yeah, because um, people just got different expectations, like we were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose similar to that, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, my throat. Similar to that, um, a lack of understanding and need for work life balance, even in COVID times. Yeah. It's been quite a lot of pressure for some people. Yeah, I know. And it's, um, I think this goes back to the point earlier around people are expecting more understanding and more empathy now. Um, and I think this is all part of, I guess, that 
upskilling of a man a new manager of the future mm. um, you know so that they are able to um, be more understanding of um, different people's situations you know I'm at home just with a husband and a dog mm. but you know for other people during this time you know they've you know they've got kids or vulnerable people and uh, you know they're juggling all of that and then working into the evening mm. um, but even without covid that's still you know you know really busy crazy times for people um and so knowing more about your individual employees mm. will only allow you to um you know make their work life balance better but also get more back from them definitely when you show that empathy and understanding of their the reality of their work like mm. Mm. they're just more like to put people put are happy to put the work in and and yeah. and fivefold at times it's Definitely. just providing there is a connection and there's an understanding of each yeah. other's kind of situations and yeah. I, I i think when that works really well that's absolutely great <laughs> like but yeah. if you're putting so much pressure on people and expect them, I don't know, to be online at 8.30 or 9 o'clock in COVID times, and especially if they've got children or not having children, yeah. like it's, they've got to be that flexibility. Trust, yeah. basically trusting your people. They will yeah, do the absolutely. job. It's going to trust them. Yeah. Um, got another two, just so one here being micromanaging people. Yeah. So mm. it's, it's been a, uh, a little bit of a spike on that uh, let's just say <laughs> do you know what I'd love to do on that in a business so if you're kind of getting a sense that that's a problem then I'd you know I'd love to do a survey which mm. you know which is you know x percent of our employees feel that their managers are micromanaging <laughs> and then because it's holding a mirror up to the managers who perhaps don't realize that they're doing it but then also then you can then facilitate a conversation about how it feels to be micromanaged but also hear from the manager's yeah. perspective what is it that's driving them to micromanage mm. you you know, so it's you know, what are what's the underlying issue, the problem that's causing managers to um, micromanage, and can we kind of re- remove that? Mm. Um, so I think you could drive a great conversation about that in a business. Definitely, that's a good way to do it. I've never thought about yeah. that before. That's a really good way. Um, and then finally, making your team feel valued. Um, making you, yeah, make your team feel sorry. Make your team feel they need yeah. to be constantly online and be seen uh yeah i mean it's a tough one i mean I, you know i just never um feel like that i'm very lucky i've got a good boss mm. um makes two of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> never feel like that um yeah i mean i think it's about just focusing on you know focusing more on the outputs and the outcomes mm. um of your people mm. um rather than actually whether you can visibly kind of see them on um, line. Do you know what I would love? All of this about, obviously it's all about managers who get a hard time and they've got a hard job. Yeah, But I feel like, you know, when you join a new business and you have like a three month probation period mm. and then like you, you get, you get told, Oh, you know, Oh, you've done a great job, Andrew. We'll keep you on. Oh, thank mm. you. Um, I would love that to be a two way probation and yes. so you, your managers on probation. And then, you know, rather than HR doing an, in, um, an interview with you when you leave, <laughs> doing an interview like three months in and, you know, and so therefore you get to say actually whether you, you want to stay. Yeah. It's never really that way around, is it? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, you're, so your managers on, as well as you, your manager's also on probation for the first three months and then you get to rate actually, uh, you know, all those lists of things. Are they doing those mm. well or not? gosh that would be so amazing that'd be revolutionary wouldn't it (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm ability. They would definitely come in there. <laughs> but that would, um, it, it would take, it takes some of the pressure off, but equally it makes everything a bit more balanced. Um, yeah. And it would kind of, it allows a bit more um maybe self-reflection like yeah so definitely yeah people and look also, at yourself you know, do that things little niggly things that kind of you just kind of deal with in a mm. relationship whereas actually if you actually got them out on the table with each other mm. you say oh sorry i didn't realize that annoyed you or that got under your skin or uh, actually you know how could we do, how could we make that work better between us people are kind of scared of those kind of really honest kind of two-way conversations but if it was kind of you know that probation mm. thing was you know driving a two-way honest conversation three months in you know mm-hmm. all those little niggly things would kind of be uncovered be all done so uh, we're coming towards the end Carly um and I just have two questions for you yes. one is quite a nice fun question um <laughs> what famous person do you think would be great working in our field so um, Michelle Obama all the way. Oh God, yeah, so, she'd be amazing. I, I'm so I mean, for that. I, I love her. So I've read her book, but I also went to go and see her speak and she's yes. so inspiring. Um, but I'm rubbish normally at remembering inspiring quotes, but her quotes, right, when they go low, we go mm. high. I mean, mm. I think that is so applicable in internal communications because you have to rise above it. Um, yeah, you know, because so true everybody everybody owns communication in a business Mm. business is communication everybody's doing it all day long Mm. but because that's also what you do as a core skill everybody feels like they can critique what you do and how you do it yeah which is great because we're all up for receiving feedback and ideas but that can be really hard going if everybody's always kind of you know critiquing your work Mm. you know we wouldn't critique the work of the company accountant or you know the company lawyer Mm. but everybody feels that they can critique our work um, Mm. which can be quite draining sometimes so you've got to rise above it that's so good I love that I absolutely <laughs> love that example. It's brilliant. I mean, one, it's Michelle Obama, so yes. I'm all about Michelle Obama. Like, absolutely love her to bits. Secondly, if she was working in my team, even better. I mean, I might even God, ask my yeah. boss and see if we can make it happen. And like her quote, it's so true. Like in terms, of, yeah. and it's, it's it's it is something that we do internal comms have to face day in day out is that constant yeah. um it is, it is feedback but sometimes it is the critique part and you're right sometimes yeah. it can be very draining because yeah you are trying to do your best in yes. in, in sometimes um especially now like sometimes i mean challenging yeah. situations that you just don't know and sometimes everybody else feels like they've got an answer and you're just like yeah, yeah. but you're the person who's been hired in and yeah and it's like you're right the same way that i just wouldn't critique somebody else at their job because I'm because that's not that's not my job it's like I'm just like please give me a chance like but it's so true I love that that's a great example um so just a final question then um what one piece of advice would you give to global change makers who are trying to push for positive change but might be experiencing some kind of resistance in the workplace because we both know sometimes you mean trying to yeah. trying to improve on, on whatever processes systems channels content whatever it is it's not yeah. always easy and part yeah. of that is because it's behavioral change and people don't actually really like that much change like oh. it's, it takes a long time yeah. but it doesn't mean we don't do it um yeah. so if you 
do you have a piece of advice for anybody who's listening who's who's finding it quite hard right now and wants to create change in the workplace yeah so um for me and we talk a lot about storytelling as mm. um IC pros so for me it would be getting our story straight Hmm. So what is your story about the purpose of internal communications in your business, hmm. uh, the benefit that it is going to bring to the business overall and um, employees and the per individual who's got something to communicate out? Hmm. Um, how uh, will you, you know, how can they best work with you? Hmm. Um, you know, what's the overall value that internal comms brings to the business? Hmm. Um, and you have to keep, repeating that story and also never assume that whoever you're talking to get gets it um you know so you might you, you have to keep going back round and, re and repeating that story mm. so more important more and more people in in the business get the value of internal communications yeah um and therefore you know whatever ch change that it is you're trying to drive mm. should be a little bit easier if people are, are getting you know the why yeah that's so so helpful and it's and I suppose with that it's having that patience and knowing that that what you're just saying about the repeating and saying it again yeah, and again yeah. especially if you're coming into an organization where they've never had internal comms yeah. and are just setting up a function it's a, you're gonna have to repeat that much again and again and yeah. again in different ways different people yeah definitely that, that can be draining but it's worth it if you get the results you want at the end of it yeah, definitely. And, you know, always, you know, um, you know, part of that story is always going to be how internal communications can help the business deliver its strategy. Yes. Um, and then that and then that makes more business sense to people mm. Um, mm. rather than focusing on, I guess, the outputs, you know, the newsletter or the Internet or, you know, the things that they see. Mm definitely um, the other and the uh, we've already talked about it but um the other piece of advice it, and i know it's so hard because you're so busy when you're in a house as an as an ic pro mm. but connecting with the your ic community community outside of your business and it can be so valuable to you mm. in terms of sharing stories with each other and sharing challenges and sharing ideas mm. and if you've got if you've got stories to tell of what other businesses are doing then that only adds weight to what you're trying to do within your business because you can say well i know this business similar mm. to ours or you know in the same industry did did this and this was the end result this is how it worked for them yeah. being able to kind of bring in those kind of live examples from other businesses will really help you with your case for change mm, so true so so true thank you so much carly it's been absolutely amazing to have a chat with you today um and yeah thank you thank you for sharing your advice and your tips because i really feel that there's a lot of people who are going to find this beneficial. One thing that was um, I was reminded of a couple of weeks ago is when you're on your journey, sometimes you forget that there's people who are behind you who are still trying yeah. to get to your level. Yeah. And it's almost like those people don't know what you know. And I sometimes forget this, but hence why I decided to create this podcast. Cause like actually by doing that, it just makes it a lot easier. It's like, yeah, yeah. there you go. You can have the resource that you need, but it's by, by us like sharing the challenges, being transparent, being honest, kind of, kind of be able to say to people, you know what it is, it is a hard job but it's a really like it's a really um rewarding yeah it is it really is especially when things come together 
yeah. it's, it's great and you start to see people kind of go their own journey and have their own kind of confidence it's 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 lovely yeah it's yeah to see that but um but yeah so thank you so much I really appreciate your time you're really welcome and I've loved it this is my first podcast experience Andrea and um, I'm glad it was with you fabulous uh, it just feels like <laughs> I'm chit-chatting with a friend so it's really nice <laughs> that's so good oh thank you so much <laughs> thank you <laughs> Thanks for joining me this week on No More Long Talk. Make sure you subscribe or follow so you never miss a show. And whilst you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd appreciate a rating. Or you can just simply tell a friend about it and that would help me out too. Be sure to tune in next week Monday for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at No More Long Talk. And lastly, if you think you're a change maker or know someone who can share some inspiring and valuable content to change the world of work for better, then contact me on Instagram. Thanks a lot.